Welcome to the latest podcast from Greyfriars Church in Reading. Our vision is to see Reading transformed by the love and power of Jesus. You can find out more on our website, greyfriars.org.uk. Enjoy. Under pressure, and that 
is what Paul felt like and what we feel like sometimes too. Now, if I was writing this letter, well, thankfully I'm not, but if I was, I would be very different from Paul. I think I would be going, oh no, poor you. Oh, that's awful. Have some coffee. <laughs> or maybe go to the Vanna Spa and really relax. Um, but Paul, thankfully, is a bit more bracing and um, probably far more helpful. And he starts his letter, we've actually got to the beginning of the letter now, he starts his letter full of praise for God, who he calls the Father of Compassion and the God of all comfort. Now this is where I need to get some props out and I need people that are happy to hold a prop for the rest of the time that I'm talking. Right, let, oh, there they are. Right, who's going to hold the love pillow? Woo, do you want to, Isabel? Lucky you. It's actually a bit freaky, isn't it? Do you think this looks cuddly or a bit weird? It looks, what did you say, Lizzie? It looks weird, yes, I know. Thank you. Okay, now, before we go any further, we're going to talk about the God of all comfort. And I want us to just take a moment and think about our understanding of comfort. You might want to turn to the person next to you or think on your own, what is comfort to you? When you think of comfort, what do you think of? To be honest, I nearly died in the pile of beanbags down or out at the back. I thought pile of beanbags, that is comforting. Go on, tell the person next to you really quickly what your idea of comfort is, then I'll show you mine. That's completely irrelevant. I just thought that it just 
you know, adds to the idea of comfort. And, on a more serious note, it does remind us, it does remind me, that we have never been promised a life of ease and comfort as a Christian. In fact, the opposite, Jesus invites us to take up our cross and follow him. So what does God's comfort mean? Well, it is more purposeful and lasting than my duvet. And in my extensive study of Greek, which is Google. <laughs> Did you believe me for a minute there? That was really exciting. Um, the, word, the Greek word for comfort in this passage is paraklesis, which Google assures me isn't soothing sympathy, but it's about strengthening and helping and making strong. And it's the same Greek word used, well, the Greek root word or something used, when Jesus promises to send the Holy Spirit, our paraclete, to various Bible versions describe the Holy Spirit as our helper or our advocate, our friend, also our comforter. The Holy Spirit comforts us by strengthening us, by helping us. In verse 6, Paul says, If we are comforted, it is for your comfort which produces in you patient endurance. And elsewhere in Romans, Paul says, we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance character, and character hope. And hope does not disappoint us, because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. This is the comfort that the God of all comfort and the Father of compassion gives us. Okay, I am halfway through my talk. I've got three more points to make. Okay, and my three points I really wanted, they're about comfort, I really wanted them to start with the same letter, sort of alliterative three words, because I think that's quite important for a sermon. But I couldn't think of one. If any of you can think of three words that fit my talk at the end, please let me know. I am going on a preaching course tomorrow evening, and hopefully I'll find out these things there. <laughs> anyway, here are my three words. Alright, I need three more willing volunteers. We're going to stand here for hours and hours while I finish talking. Samuel, you look so keen. Is there anybody else? Really? would like to hold one of my words. Yes, thank you. Chloe, isn't it? Yeah. Anybody else? I need one more willing volunteer. You don't have to be particularly... Yes, thank you, George. Okay, so we're going to start with Isabel. Um, Isabel. Chloe, shared comfort. And then in the middle, do you want to go somewhere in the middle? Powerful comfort. Thank you. And then, um, George, could you stand here, maybe in front of the duvet, and hold overflowing comfort, okay? Right, okay, where are we? Shared comfort. So these are like three things that I think we can take away from what Paul says about God's comfort. In verse 5, Paul says, Just as the sufferings of Christ flow over into our lives, so also through Christ our comfort overflows. Just as you share in our sufferings, you also share in our comfort. 
that we're united with Jesus. Because of Jesus' suffering, he identifies with us when we are suffering. He is sharing in our suffering with us. We're not on our own. Now, do you remember before Paul became a Christian, he went around persecuting the Christians and dragging them off into prison and things. And then he meets Jesus on the road to Damascus. And Jesus says, Paul, Paul, why are you persecuting me? Jesus took on and identified with the persecution that all the Christians were feeling. We can be strengthened by knowing Jesus is with us. He is walking through life alongside us. Okay, second comfort, powerful comfort. So in a way, I think Paul gives us a focus in our suffering. After talking about his hardships, in verse 9, he says, Indeed, this happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God. Now, I just want to make it absolutely clear, I totally reject the idea in any form that God somehow initiates our suffering, just so we might possibly learn to rely on him. What I do think, though, is God can use our suffering to bring something out, to redeem, bring something out of it. I remember a very well-meaning Christian lady suggesting this to me. And it was a really difficult time in my life, and I'd actually ended up with two broken legs. And I had, um, my legs were in plaster casts or braces or something, I had crutches. And um, it was before the days of health and safety, so I was still completely considered fit to go and teach a class of reception children. And um, they were age four, about 30 of them. And I would kind of like slowly crutch my way to my chair and sit down. And then the children would go, I'll take your crutches for you and take them off and put them somewhere tidy in the corner. And I'd think, muscle that I know I can't move without them. <laughs> anyway, that's off the point. And so I was getting a lift to work and, um, and this Christian woman said to me, oh, God must have wanted to attract your attention so badly as you've got two broken legs. I mean, luckily for her, I had two broken legs. <laughs> Anyway, I completely over it, not better, not twisted, all good. <laughs> um, but what I do believe, and many, many Christians throughout the ages testify to this, that if we allow God to draw alongside us, if we lean firmly into him, we begin to know his power in our weakness. Now this is a massive future sermon plot spoiler. This is going to be the theme of 2 Corinthians. If we peek into chapter 4, Paul tells us that we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. And Paul shares his own struggles with God assuring him, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. Alright, we're on to our third and final comfort. We've got overflowing comfort. In verse 4, Paul says, God comforts us in all our troubles, so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the 
comfort we ourselves have received from God. Paul is convinced that the comfort we receive from God will overflow from us as we then bless and comfort others in their troubles. So honestly, how can we illustrate this? Wait there. Okay. So this is a little table. So people can see better. Okay, we'll put that there. And then I've got you right there. You've been standing there for ages. You're right. Good. Okay, this is my safety um, trough. I'm really sorry it's not see-through. Okay. Right. So, um, I need somebody else who's very good at pouring water. Anybody very good at pouring water? Would you like to? Is your name Noah? Yeah, come on then, Noah. You can come and pour water for us. Exciting. Okay, so, I hope it's not too heavy. Let's just make sure we're going to actually come out. Now, first of all, could you pour the water into this, like, big thing? So it's just right up to the top. That's it. You are doing that so carefully. There's a lot of concentration going on there. Second World War, and they hid 
uh, Jews who are hiding from the Nazis. And they hit them, I think, in their house, I can't remember. But they get betrayed, and Corrie and her sister and other members of her family end up in a concentration camp. And this story is about how God moves with massive power in her life through that weakness. And when she comes out, she carries on preaching and sharing and teaching, and countless of people's lives are changed and empowered and set free because of what she shared. So, I've finished now. So let's remember that we are united with Jesus. Let's allow his Holy Spirit to comfort us as we draw alongside him and overflow his comfort into the lives of those around us.